Son Kearney on to his right foot and he cracks it home. Brilliant finish from Harrison Reed. Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from down under. And we are here after a draw against Brighton on the weekend. Uh, Fulham playing in their Flamingo Pink for the first time this season. It's Polina's pink point against Brighton. Polina, the pantomime villain as well on the day. Here in his bright pink as well, we have Sammy. How are we going? Polina's pink point is what you went for. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm going good. Well, actually, my back really hurts because I was um, gardening the other day. But um, uh, I'm I'm doing good. I am tired as ever because I can only do these tired, which is part of the fun. And yeah, I'm, I'm ready to rock. Let's get into it. And um, Dad, you're joining us as well. I, I will comment that Sam is half of half your age, and he's complaining about his bad back. You kept for forty overs on the weekend. How's your back? <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Um, I actually was mobile uh, the day after, which is really something. I was expecting a lot worse. Uh, so it was fine. Um, yeah. Uh, but other other than that, I have no medical complaints. My question is, did uh, your whippersnipper broke and then you had to use the hedge trimmers? <laughs> uh, no. So, like, so it's a different injury. You can't compare. Okay. We won't also talk about the fact that Dad dropped a catch off me on the weekend. We'll move on very quickly and get straight into the the game. So let's talk about it. It's a a game against Brighton. And, again, Fulham remain unbeaten against Brighton. It's a weird little stat, unbeaten in the Premier League. Um, And I I guess, Dad, your thoughts going into this game, because Brighton have been on ripping form so far this year picking up some very good points, good victories. How did you feel going into this game? Well, uh, I was not confident at all because, um, you know, they, they well, they they are as well organised as we found them. And um, they're, they're a tricky little customer. They're a very good opposition. And I was expecting to potentially get beaten by, you know, one or two goals. Uh, so uh, as downbeat as some people might be about the result, I'll take the point. Thank you very much, particularly on the road. And, um, there was, there, there, there were things to be upbeat about in the game and certainly in the second half. Oh man, I'm totally not downbeat about this game. Like I, Brighton, uh, every kind of bit of what you like expect them to be they're they're so meticulous like they they've got some really excellent players and they're just so so well managed and well done but what is fulham to brighton we're kind of like their achilles heel at the moment because i was really anxious going into this game but then i was i, I can't remember where i saw it, but i was reminded on of like the last couple of fixtures that we've actually had against them. And we've got a weirdly good record for like, like a weirdly impressive team. I don't like, yeah, I I feel like Jack could probably break this down. Like in terms of like structures to why we're able to one up Brighton, but on paper, it doesn't really make sense, but no, it's, ah, this is awesome. And we played in pink and I love the pink. Yeah. 
I, honestly, I don't think there's anything to it. I think we just – you have those bogey teams sometimes, and for some reason in the Premier League, Brighton just can't get past us. They're, they're definitely – I, I mean, I think we can be honest here and say they're a better side than Fulham are. Um, yeah. They hold the ball incredibly well. They pass out of defence really beautifully the majority of the time. And, look, I, I think – we we just managed to sneak victories and um and hold out for really good draws. I think we look. Uh, it's an old cliche, but it felt like a game of two halves. The first half for Fulham was disjointed, um, error filled, sloppy. Mm. We just didn't look like a unit at all. Um, and Dad, I think we were talking about it at half time. It just it it was poor, and we just needed changes. And fortunately, those changes happened, and it looked like a different side in the second half. Well, I think there were some worrying signs as well. I mean, look, you, you don't know, but I, it just seemed a little concerning from a couple of players that didn't really seem to be putting the effort in. Um, and I can call them out if you like. But I, I, I think it was um, – I, I particularly liked um, how hard we were pressing in parts, but it wasn't consistent and mm. it wasn't joined up. And I, I wonder also if uh, Brighton probably prepared for a Fulham that actually didn't turn up in a way because we were a little bit different to how I think we were against them last time. Um, I mean, we're quite a different side if you, if you take out uh, Solomon. And I, I don't think Mitro played when we were away to Brighton last time, did he? No, we, I don't well, think he uh, did. I think he might have been Decadover, injured at the time. Decadover Reed was up front, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Bobby was up um, front, was was poor in that game up front. Yeah. yeah. Just got completely yeah. out-muscled by Dunk from memory. And then yeah. Vinny mm. obviously came on towards the end and was yeah. the man who played Solomon through for the goal. Yeah, that's right. But you, you know what I mean? They, they, maybe they were expecting something fairly similar and it won't be off it, definitely off it, something different mm. um and um i don't know uh but they, they 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 are as you said jack they they're a really good side and um i guess we probably are their bogey side because they have dismantled some very very good teams and got mm. points off good teams but they they can't seem to really bury us even oh, though they mean... they even even though on not on paper but on form they should be Oh, like they're, they're an excellent squad. I mean, like Matoma. They, I mean, they've got James Milner on their bench. They've got um, Ansu Fati on their bench, which is ridiculous when you think about it. Um, but like it, particularly in the first half, I mean, Brighton were doing their kind of like composure thing, just passing around, just being real skulky. Um, I, I'm not sure about you guys. I want to ask your opinion on this. But this, I think I've been really patient and really nice, but this was probably the first game where I was genuinely considering, can we get a refund for Jimenez? Because particularly in the first half, I, I seem to remember like maybe like, like yeah, the, he, he had that brief attempt when like um, Iwobi um, got it back to him and he just did nothing with it. And then he he fumbled it, which then created the counter attack um, uh, that led to like the goal. And uh, I, I'm I partly feel I'm, I'm kind of past feeling bad for him. <laughs> and I mean, in the second half, Muniz came on and 
where's that big boy been? Like, I'm, I don't think he can play a full 90 minutes, but he was such a massive improvement. Yeah. Oh, him and his for me. Nah. Jack? Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, I think we surely have to put it to bed now and just say the Jimenez experiment is not working. I'd love to see it work because he he does do some things that look really good. Like, for example, I don't know if you're talking about the same chance, Sammy, but where I think Iwobi played it into Jimenez, he actually laid it off perfectly for Iwobi. He Unfortunately, he just got stuck under his feet. And he, look, if that had ended in a goal, maybe we'd be having a different conversation and he gets a bit of confidence and maybe Silver sticks with him because we're 1-0 up and you never really know what will happen at that point. But it's it's just not working at the moment. And I, I, I feel a bit sorry for him in mm. a way. I don't want to lump on him and say he's terrible because he's obviously not terrible. He can do it. He's had a serious injury and just hasn't been able to bounce back from it. And the maybe he me... needs to go to a, a side and go out on loan and score some goals somewhere down in the championship, for example. The thing the thing for I, me was when he lost possession, he kicked his head back and just went, oh. And then that led to a really strong counterattack. He's so in his head in the moment where it's just kind of, I really just want to put him out of his misery because it's just it's just getting to a real unhealthy point now where well, we're not can, good for him, you, he's not good for us. Yeah. Can you blame the guy for being in his head? I mean, he's, it's a lot. Not. Um, and I, I actually think um, not only ourselves, but I think people, the Fulham supporters in general, have actually been quite patient, yeah. Ma maybe yeah. because they don't have a lot of options and they know something has to work, um, you know, out of the bag of tricks that Marcus Silva has. And, you know, there's all kinds of analysis. Is he not getting fair service? You know, there's all sort of trying to find other reasons why this isn't really gelling. But uh, what wor worried me, and I, and I thought in the early part of the season, I actually felt that he was quite hardworking. I thought yesterday he didn't look like he was working hard mm. enough to me. Yeah. Is that unfair? No, completely fair. That's what yeah, that's what I, did for me. It really, really bothered me, and maybe that's just a... Uh, a culmination of his frustration with his own form and who knows, maybe, maybe he feels the system isn't serving him. Maybe he feels all kinds of things, but ultimately it is not working. And he, you know, he doesn't seem to be able to hold the ball up and do the really basic things that we need him to do. And he loses possession a lot mm. of the time. It looks yeah. like, like really basic stuff. And and you know he can't he can't be that bad surely it can't that cannot be the mark of his quality so what on mm. earth is going on I do not know yeah well, I tend to agree I, I just I just think it's time to move on and and maybe he's a good option off the bench I think he's shown that he can offer something coming off the bench especially late in the game he does have a little bit of pace about him so I, I don't think he's the worst backup striker. He's just not our starting striker, and we're not going to get the goals we need from him. Um, as Black, White and Fred on the live stream says, Muniz offers good physicality. Raul's a, a little bit lightweight in that department. Mm. I, I do agree with that. He does seem to get shoved off the ball a bit more, and Muniz and Vinicius both have that little bit more strength about them. I actually thought Muniz looked, you know, 10 times better than Jimenez when yeah. he came on. Um, 
admittedly didn't score and didn't really have much to do um, with, with the actual goal that we did score, but at least he seemed to offer something. And, and maybe it's about keeping guys like Muniz and Vinicius hungry as well mm. and having them really want to fight for that role. Um, and well, that's actually going to be the key to getting something out of them. Wouldn't it be interesting? Wouldn't it be interesting if, if you know, Silva decides that the Jimenez project is over, but but uh, Vinny's injured, and now suddenly uh, you find yourself in a situation where you have to give Mooney's a try and actually giving him an opp- opportunity and a few games. And who'd have thought, uh, like, eight weeks ago that we'd actually be in this position. Well, like Silva's always, I mean, Silva got Mooney's in. He's clearly always seen something in him. He sent him out on loan when he didn't um, necessarily have anything for him. I think with the intention to like get a minutes to like play, he's a really big boy. Like I know, I know I've seen him play before, but like, I feel like he's filled out even more. He's a thick daddy. Um, I, and I, to be honest, I can't, I can't really see him scoring in like any games coming up, but I mean, even if all he's just doing is like providing physicality and not in like the crazy way that Vinicius does. Cause like Vinicius is always kind of like pushing for a red card in a bit of an unhealthy way. Whereas like well, Mooney's is just kind of getting involved and is I'm it, okay is- with that. Is it as simple now as as our expectations have been reduced to absolute rubble? Yes. Is it as simple? As, is it as simple as if he could just work cohesively with all the other forwards to be part of a really, really, really good, well organized press and work really hard? We'd probably take that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I think it's a little bit more than just that i i genuinely think we, we may be downplaying his abilities young he hasn't mm. had a huge opportunity to show himself and unfortunately when he went out on loan there was a change of managers at middlesbrough he got dropped but silver picked him up and silver liked the look of him early doors so you have to think that there is something there he's a silver signing um and, and you know, I, I like him going for a back heel to try and score a goal, even though it didn't yeah. come off. He actually got yeah. good contact, and it was a, yeah, a good yeah, attempt yeah. on target. Yeah. Um, he got himself around. He won the ball a few times. He made a nuisance of himself. Stayed he in the pretty box. comfortable on the ball. Um, you know, in general, I think it was a pretty good showing from him. Um, let's let's jump back though and talk about Brighton's opening goal. Um, Dad, you messaged me and you said you weren't sure if Fulham maybe could have done better both defensively and from Leno in goal as well with this one. Walk me through your thought process on that. Well, maybe it's a mark of just how sublimely silky Ferguson's movement turning of his of his opponent and actually slotting it away actually was. Because it looked too easy to me. It looked like he stroked that past Leno too easily. But we talked about that, and yeah, maybe it's just a mark of actually how good the young kid is. Oh, so he made it look th- easy. Yeah, look, I think I think um, like, and Brian did this really, really well. They created a lot of space in a really short period of time, and like, uh, it just just in the way that like I can't. 
uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened and essentially where that kind of um, made um, Bassie and Robinson drift. But they created like a lot of space for him on the right. So then all he just basically had to do was um, do a pretty clean shot on goal. But they actually gave him the time to like actually have that level of composure. Like um, Brian just do that really, really well in general. But um, it should always kind of be on us for not allowing Brighton to play their own game. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, yeah, they're great. But um, I think it I, was, yeah, yeah. Jack- I know, I know what you're saying there. But what happened was Tim Ream steps up to go to the man. I can't remember who the assist was from. Yeah, neither. I think it could have been Dahoud played it into the feet, or it could have been Gross played it into the feet. Um, at that point, he stepped away from marking Ferguson, so Robinson has to step in to mark him. Robinson is on the wrong side of him. He needs to be goal side of him, but obviously because Ream stepped up, he's getting across, he's on the wrong side. Bassey anticipates Ferguson running in behind and so runs back towards goal, therefore playing him on side. Uh, it's all just... It's just it's as black white and fred in the live stream says it's what happens when you have a makeshift back four they're not mm-hmm. working together as a unit they're not moving at the right times you know in in those situations usually i think when diop's there tim ream probably knows that he can stay on ferguson because diop will be there closing the man down but bassy's instead bassy's looking for the run and it, it's just it just didn't mm-hmm. work as a defensive unit and i think for the mm-hmm. whole first half uh, the the whole unit across the whole pitch just wasn't working. And this was mm. a, a pretty good example of it. And and look, it's a good finish. Dad, you mentioned that Leno maybe could have done better because it's not like Ferguson smashed it in, but it is – I don't know if you've watched it back since. It is a very good finish from Ferguson. It is. I and think the, look, speed, the speed at which he does it all probably doesn't even give Leno a chance to get into a better position. Yeah, uh, because, it's a touch and shoot. But, yeah, I mean, Leno is a tall boy and he covers, pretty much covers, you know, either side if he if he dives. And it's beat, beaten him. Mm. Um, yeah, it, what's interesting is I actually think, to be fair to Bassey, he's had a better game than he did the week before. Absolutely. Once again, once again on his non-preferred side. So I think he's settling in. And he's 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 certainly, you know, he he's not an imposter in the back four by any means, not at all, right? Um, and he's he's having to do a job, which you could ask Tim Ream to do as the more senior statesman, but he's having to do a job. Um, and I I thought he did okay, and and even Castagna, uh, he was not outstanding, but he did a decent job. Can we? Um, can we really- can we briefly talk about Bassey like a little bit more and give that like some actual time? Because I think it would have been really Even easy. Even if I said no, feels like you want to. <laughs> I do want to. I do want to. But um, like it would have been really easy for Silva to literally go, that didn't work and then switch him around like we were talking about um, last pod. But I'm just so glad that I, I'm sh- I, in my brain, I'm creating the narrative that like Bassey just went, no, I can do it in this position. I, I will play better. And I feel like he really did that. I really like his character and like who he is. And I, ju- I just see him getting better and better. And again, just being more confident. And I'm kind of 
I'm, I don't want to say I'm glad that he's um, showing that attitude to playing out of position because all that says to me is when he is able to play in his position, he's going to be even better. I'm going to say you might be making and reading a little bit too much into this. I think Silver has nothing, nothing to play with here. He's got he's got two injured right centre backs. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to bring Luke de Fougerolles through, and that's a fair call. And it's Bassie, you're the adult in the room. You're doing it. Get on with it. Oh, it's more man. like Tim Ream is the captain and goes, actually, I play where I want to <laughs> I play. like it here. <laughs> no, I'm so, not going to be made up, a mate. fool of on my wrong foot. Yeah. And then, uh, look, to, be I... fair, to be fair, Bassie's right foot yesterday looked tons better than it did um, the week before. He still you know made why? a number of passes that, 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 you know, lost possession. But it because still looked much, often, much better. On his right foot, he just put his foot through it like he should do and put it, mm. you know, as far forward as possible rather than trying to play mm. pinpoint passes out of the back. Mm. Which yeah, may, may, maybe is... maybe that was a clear strategy as well. Like, okay, we play out of the back, but if you get caught on your right foot, put your foot through Yeah, hoof, which is what you should be doing as well if, you, if you're mm. not super strong on your right foot. And Brighton are a good pressing team as well. So I, I think, look, he... It was definitely a better game. I wouldn't say it's a perfect game from Bassi. No, no, no. Nah, of course it, not. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him maybe when there's a bit more rotation. I wouldn't be that surprised if we didn't see him play at the back against Ipswich and maybe Defugerols actually does get a start and Ream gets a rest in that game. Mm. Um, and we see Bassi on the left and Defugerols on the right. Yeah, good call. Um, we, we could see something like that. But look, it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction for Bassi. He obviously made couple of big mistakes in that Spurs game and I'm sure he'd be feeling pretty crap about it and he's come back and and had a good game. Um one other flashpoint in the first half which geez anyone who was watching along would have been absolutely sick of hearing about this by the end of the game. Um the Polina horrific elbow on oh, yeah. Pascal Gross in the first half. Um Without going too deep into it, because we'll just end up sounding like a Brighton hate podcast. Um, Sammy, I'll go to you first. Was it was it a red card? No, I mean, especially in like in okay in the first. Okay, maybe I'm biased. I don't care. I don't care. But you know, look, yeah, I'm sure there is a certain ref that could see that as a potential red card. I don't see any intention in it. Um, uh, he's clearly got his eyes on the ball, and he's just Polina doing Polina things. Yeah, you can argue it's dangerous play. Um, he is flailing around in um, the way in which we love him for. Um, he's, yeah, you can argue as well that he's a bit reckless. Um, I'm not painting the best picture, but <laughs> um, look, I... Early on in the game, I think the ref actually did the right thing because it was very, very early on in the game. And I think there, it's quite natural for silly mistakes to happen early on in the game. If that happens in the second half, that's a red card for me. Um, uh, but I think I I, under, I understand the ref's logic a little bit. Dad, you're laughing. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> you're sounding like you're, you're sounding like a father who's just watched his son's under twelve game where he's behave really badly and he's trying to explain it away and not he doing it. He played amazing. Job. He played amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. that game, you know? Yeah. Like uh, and... I, I think the the maybe the more 
pertinent comment is that the ref was awful. And for the first yeah. time in memory, we actually weren't on the wrong end of it. Uh, yeah. He was he was inconsistently terrible. Yeah. He was trying to let it go, but he missed so many things. Mm. And I, I think that um, I don't know how deliberate it was. Polini is overzealous. He's overzealous. He just goes in so yeah. hard, and it was it was untidy. I don't think he meant it for a minute. Um, he likes super hard challenge. He's not dirty. He's just hard, mm. and. I think I think there's a general complaint even on the training ground that he just goes in way too hard and he forgets himself. He and I think that that was just um, untidy. Yeah, what's your take on it, Jack? Yeah, I don't think there's any malice in it. He he definitely goes in. I think the arm's That's actually in a word. fairly natural position. It's not like he <laughs> had, like that. well, it's not well, no, his, natural for Polina. His arms, his arms out wide in a way that you do when you're trying to, you know, get your body in front of someone. Yeah. Gross, Gross's head actually drops as Polina comes towards him. Um, it's not like Polina's come in leading with his elbow or got his elbow up at like head height. He's got his arms out wide. Gross hits into his elbow. I don't, I don't think there's anything more to it than that. I think if you get sent off because of that, it's. It's harsh. Uh, look, he. The, oh, you could the see arm, it happening, though. You could see yeah, it happening. Absolutely, the arm definitely makes contact with with the head. Um, it doesn't make contact at any great pace, and Gross goes down, holding his face as if he's literally just being clotheslined, and and which it really does make do. a meal of it. Um, which is what a lot of people do. The the I mean, on top of that, there's a lot of Brighton fans saying it was ridiculous. Polina elbowed him in the head, and Fulham went down with fake head injuries all game. Don't know if you saw Polina and Castagna both um, had mm. blood drawn through mm. two different um, injuries during the game. So it's it's not like we we were diving throughout the game. And I think Brighton fans are just a bit salty that they couldn't get a win against Fulham. Well, well I, I, th um, I think the more contentious thing was how salty the commentator was, and he just wouldn't let it go. He just he, wouldn't let terrible. it go. You know what? For the Brighton fans, for the Brighton fans, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give you one. There must be little so treat. many. Of course, of course. Yeah, welcome. Um, I'll give you one little treat. You know what? You drew blood. You drew blood on us. Um, I can admit that Andreas Pereira was being a naughty boy for the majority of the game. I, I can admit that to the point where at one point Jabalinja literally had to pick him up and be like, "Stop dicking around." Yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe. <laughs> um, look, half time comes. Fulham obviously very disappointed in that first half. Uh, I think, especially being one nil down. I, I don't know what you guys thought, but I was just looking at this, going, "This could be three. This could be four. Um, sure. We just didn't look like really making anything of it. Um, no subs at half time. Dad, were you surprised? Oh, it's a pretty silver kind of maneuver. Yeah. Even when, even when you know things aren't working very well. No, nope, I'm sticking to my plans. And or maybe, maybe his feeling is that my bench is too thin, and if I make moves now, I just don't have options for later. Um, yeah, I, I, I just like I think we touched on it before, but it just seemed weird that um, Iwobi, who I loved starting, which was. was really pressing quite hard and and but but he 
be running around and almost turning around and looking behind him and going and noticing that no one's backing him up. It was weird. Oh, yeah. Mm. And There's a, a lot of that going on. Yeah, it's terrible. Anyway, back to I, I definitely saw Jimenez get very annoyed by it at one point. Um, as you said, they were pressing very hard, um, but there was just no one pressing the man that was receiving the pass. And yeah. it's what Silva said post-game as well, basically, that in the first half we pressed well individually but not as a unit. And in the second half there was definitely a change where you could see everyone yeah. was pressing. And it's what brought about the goal as well. But before the goal we did have a triple substitution. Uh, Muniz, Wilson and Pereira all coming on. Um, saw Harrison Reed, Decadover Reed, and uh, Jimenez off. And it did make the difference. Fulham broke the deadlock not long after that. Um, not deadlock, sorry. They they equalised not long after that. Um, Sammy, I'll let you talk through Polina's goal because I know you love him so much. I just, yeah, he's I he's just my, he's I think he's my favourite Fulham player ever. You know, like I think he's taken over Bobby Zamora's Bobby Zamora's crown. He's just excellent. Like he, I mean, yes, he's a beast the entire time, but just. That, that it felt like that ball that he struck could have kept on going for like another like 70 kilometers. It's just so straight, so direct, so powerful. It's just so awesome. And like he only gets those shots as well, which makes me love him even more. Like he's, I, 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 I mean, I don't really have many more adjectives. He's just fantastic. And um, it's it's what it's what we've talked about with um, our striker situation, um, like waiting for everybody else to help you create chances. He creates chances out of seemingly nothing, and that's why he's special, and that's why I love him so much. He's awesome. He's the best. Oh, and he did it in pink, and I'm, I'm I still can't. I'm I'm well. I'm I'm wearing him. I'm literally wearing him right now, and that that that, that just makes me happy. I'll throw to you for an actual talk uh, conversation about the goal. <laughs> um, look, g- great opportunistic goal. Um, what I love about Palladia, which I've now come to realise, and I think we all have, after that uh, little skirmish with um, Bayern Munich um, over the summer, he's... He's very much sort of in the moment, isn't he? He's still thumping the badge, and mm-hmm. and he's clearly not going to retire at Fulham, although he might, yeah, given in his last contract if Bayern go away. But <laughs> he, he's so passionate um, that e- even though he's clearly made his ambitions beyond Fulham known, in the moment he's, he's all for us, which is he's kind of very transparent and very lovely about him. I think he's an honest bloke. You know, yeah. um, maybe his brother's a different piece of work and together they're, they're complex. But I think he's a very, very straightforward guy who, you know, there's your, there's your shirt, there's your shorts. Okay, I'm playing for you today. And he gives you 120%. And what's not to like about that, you know? The thing that I also love about him as well is if you go on his social media, it's just all photos of his baby. And then you just 
bosses games and then he just like eats people alive like when he plays and just all of his pictures is just like him with his one-year-old and he's just like just constantly uh he's just the best he's just the best i i have to say i mean it was a a good goal but i think overall the fact that he was so dominant defensively for us throughout the game um i was shocked to see on the premier league official website where people actually vote for man of the match. Uh, Evan Ferguson was voted man of the match, which was mind-boggling to me, considering Polina just seemed so much more impressive throughout the game. There were 10,000 votes, and 5,000 of them went to Ferguson. And And how many from Brighton? Well, (laughs) I mean, I assume the entire amount of Brighton. Leno was second as man of the match with 22% of the votes. Um, That's mental. He, you can't overlook um, his effort throughout the he's game. He's the quite, first quite player this goal. season to have made 10 tackles in a single game of football in the Premier League. Um, I think he, he won 16 duels or something crazy like that and scored the equaliser. Um, I mean, he was he was dominant throughout. And he's – I mean, I don't think he's the reason we won that game or we got points out of that game, sorry, but he, he definitely mm-hmm. just – adds a lot of calm to the middle um, and just shields the defence from having to deal with too much and just gets himself around so much that you see a couple of instances, players sort of running in his general direction and they just sort of turn around and go, no, I'm not dealing with that. And they pass the ball back because they just know that they're going to get tackled. And and it makes a huge difference because just his presence breaks up attacks straight away. Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, he's an enforcer, isn't he? Which is what you're describing. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Look, there, but... there were a couple of little half chances after that, but really um, it, it's it has to be taken away as, as a good point. I don't know what you guys thought. I wasn't expecting to get anything out of this game personally. Um, mm. Sammy? Oh, no. I'm, I, I, I reckon this is an awesome, awesome, awesome result. Like this is, this is a Europa League team, very well deserved as well. Um, I, I mean, uh, if you consider the players that they actually have and what Brighton achieve and what they're capable of, this is an incredible result for us, which I am really stoked for. We borderline don't even necessarily deserve it in, and if you think of like the grand scheme of it, but you know what? Like, the, I mean, if if we are the the Joker to um, Brighton's Batman, I'm chill with that. That's cool. Well, the, the frustrating thing is, obviously, great point on the road. Absolutely take it with both hands. Um, but the, the the cloud that continues to hang over these games is that we just don't have a striker, don't look like mm. being able to manufacture something out of, uh, you know, the meagre resources that we do have. And we've had to rely on our defensive midfielder who – you know, maybe a header from a set piece wouldn't be out of the question. But for him in sort of open play to pick up an opportunity and slot in a goal, you you can't be relying on that. And that's what Mm. got us um, out of trouble. And and so great to snaffle a point, but, geez, we've got some problems, haven't we? Snaffle? Yeah. Yeah, good word. That's a word. Um, It is. Um, I, I think there's just a lot of things that still need to come together. 
like you say, I don't know where the goals come from, but we've got three strikers in Muniz, Vinicius and Jimenez who all, I think, have the ability to be not a 15 or 20 goal striker for us, but some someone who can at least score a goal every three games or so. Um, you've got a Wobi who I think once it starts to click for him, he's going to start scoring goals. Willian, Pereira, Wilson, they just all haven't, it hasn't clicked yet for us. Um, mm. And look, we, we're sort of lucky in a way that we are still picking up points this year. Could be a lot worse. We could be just, you know, languishing down near the bottom of the league and, and a game Jack, like this, you don't pick up anything. Jack, we're being saved by three really shit sides at the bottom. That's <laughs> yeah. well, you, you say that, you say that. The analysis was done. We're on the exact same number of points as we were last season as we are this season. Doing it very differently, though, aren't we? (laughs) We are, we are, sure. Um, And look, I I think it's more so that later in the season, we're not going to feel that threat of relegation because there are some poor sides in the league. Hmm. Um, It just makes you think what could have been had we actually signed a half-decent striker. Mm. One thing that was interesting to look at the table after the game is that, what are we, in something like 14th? And um, if, if it was not for our pretty awful goal difference i think we'd be up in if we'd got another point there or other two points we'd be in 10th position i think is that correct actually question yeah we'd be 10th yeah so which is quite extraordinary yeah so question question to you guys because i i this this just kind of came to me when we were like discussing this what actually is our best front three at the moment because i i i genuinely don't know like what three players in that front lineup that we have that gel the best together because it's very random at the moment well, and like i feel like no kind of combination is really fully clicking i mean william was disappointing last night he looked tired he didn't look sharp he couldn't make an impact he looked a bit disinterested from time to time i hate to say um bobby didn't have his best game and bobby's been okay from time to time this season harry wilson looked okay as he came on but i'm still not utterly convinced Mm. and what else have we got better with well i i mean i guess it, Sam posed a question: Who's our f- front three? Just put it out there. I'd so I'd go, Willian left, Wilson right, and probably at this stage, I'd, I'd if I, if it's our best, I'd go Vinicius up top. If if it's what I think would work, I'd probably go Muniz up top. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Sammy, who's your three? I reckon it's probably that. Although I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Willian makes my. Um, front three just because I, I like and that's that's not saying i don't reckon he's great because i reckon he is but i'm just thinking like who who works best in like um that system because i think william actually does pretty well when he plays with vinicius but vinicius doesn't really play as well when he plays with wilson so i mean I, it'd probably be I mean, it, to be honest it could even be like Meniz Wilson, Bobby Deckard over Reed for me. Dad, your three, just pick a three. Yeah, I'm I'm always gonna pick um Willian if he's fit because Fair. he's he's that good. Um he he's likely, even within a game when he's not playing that well, to still do something quite mercurial and next level to create a goal or 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 score a goal. 
I think he's that good. Um, oh, geez. I, I, I think we're agreeing that uh, Jimenez is not, not in the picture. Mm. Um, I would hate to be picking between <laughs> Mooney's, who I feel needs to be given an opportunity, but I think he's a way off the pace. Um, I probably have to go with Vinny, actually, um, because I think he's got more experience and yeah. I think he combines better with the team because I think he's just been around the, the team longer. And I'm going to probably give it to Wilson, even though I'm not utterly convinced. But I do like Awobi in the pack there as well, by the way, as a starter. And I think yeah. he's starting to make a case to displace um Carrera. Uh, yeah, I think I think he is, yeah, you know. Definitely. I, I think that change worked out really well for us. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see that coming forward. I also think having Pereira coming off the bench in the last 30 minutes is a really handy option to have as well. Yeah, I like um, guys, let's let's wrap up the game there. It's obviously a decent result for us. We we weren't expecting to get a point, I'd say, but to come away with one away from home against a team who are flying high at the moment is is a good result. And as you said, Dad, we are sitting on 12 points, sitting in 14th at the moment. Goal difference not ideal, mainly because of that Man City drubbing. Um, but the fact is we level on points with Chelsea, who are 11th. We're only sitting, um, you know, three points behind Man United, who sit in 8th, who we're playing uh, on Saturday. So... I think the the other big thing there is we've got a six point gap between ourselves and Bournemouth, who are sitting in seventeenth. So it's definitely not um, panic stations at this point, even though we oh, do have sure. a tough run. But I think we do need to pick up a few points in the coming weeks. Oh yeah. Um, let's look forward to a midweek game here. Now it's a cup game against Ipswich. This is an Ipswich side who are doing really well in the championship so far this season. Um, they're sitting. Second at the moment, uh, almost 10 points ahead of Leeds, who are sitting third. Um, Dad, I'll throw to you first and then Sammy chip in as well. This is the last 16 of the Carabao Cup now. Looking at the other ties, Mansfield play Port Vale, Exeter play Middlesbrough. There's a high possibility that in a quarterfinal we play a team who are potentially sitting in League One. How seriously do you think Silver's going to be taking this game? Oh, very, very. I think... Um, it's a good opportunity to get a result here, and I think he's—I think he's already signaled the fact that um, he, he is going to take this seriously. Um, I think it's time to uh, um, bring some bad news to Ed Sheeran's life. He's an Ipswich fan. He has far bring too us, good a life. Bring some bad news to Ed Sheeran's life. Oh Christ! All right, he's a big he's a big Ipswich fan. Yeah, um, yeah, and I I haven't been that fond of his last three albums, so I'm I'm not going to feel bad about that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Ipswich. Look, okay. Um, I think I think it's actually really important for morale that we actually get a good result here. My own. The, the only kind of like speed bump that I can see is like, of course, we have a better squad man for man, but what squad does he potentially put out? I mean, uh, as Jack said before, um, potentially start, or I can't remember if it was you actually said it before, but potentially having um, Defugerol 
and Bassey. Is that really um, the lineup that you actually want to put out in a game like this? Or do you want to go with your strongest possible side to just completely nullify it? It's really kind of like what's more important to Silva, um, progressing in the Carabao Cup or getting a positive result against Man United. Because Man United in a really, really shaky state right now. I don't know. Like, what, what would you rather take for, like, morale? Would you rather progress in the Carabao or would you rather get a win against Man U? Well, the problem is I don't think it's either or. I think he's got to try and get some points at home against Man United mm. on Saturday. And it's a pretty quick turnaround. Um, I mean, on the subject of Luke de uh versus uh, Bassi Reem de Fougerol's trio, I certainly wouldn't be uncomfortable about seeing the Fougerol's lineup. I think he's perfectly capable of looking after himself in a game like that against. Um, what is that noise? Uh, I think Jack's. I think Jack's left his microphone somewhere else, or I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, but but look, um, we, we if if we change up that squad significantly. I mean, I expect to see uh, Leno rested. You've still got a problem there, Jack. <laughs> if if we... Um, I expect to see Leno rested, and, and it looked like... I'm not sure if it was foxing, but he did appear to have a potential hamstring injury. Yeah, that game. worried me. That worried me So, <laughs> you know, if there was any, any thought of him coming in, I think he doesn't get a game on... On, on Wednesday. Um, but how many people can you really rest to make sure of Ipswich? You've got to put out a fairly good side against them. I don't think you can put out, you know, a bunch of kids. Uh, mm. I don't think it's going to work. And, and you, you know, Man, Man United, I, I watched that game um, last night, Man City, Man United game. And, you know, Man, Man City are a powerhouse. United weren't terrible. Man City didn't let them look good, but sorry, didn't did them didn't make them didn't allow them to look good. But they're a they're a difficult opposition, albeit yeah. at home. Oh look, I mean, like for Man U, like they're they're really a squad in disarray. I mean, I thought on Anana particularly had a really really good game um, against Man City. I, Man City is just ruthless though, and like. Um, Matt, uh, Harry Maguire is kind of coming into form a little bit more, but th- that entire squad, it's kind of like, that's kind of ours for the taking if we go in it properly. And yeah, I mean, can you, can you do two full strength squads, um, back to back or actually I'm going to, I'm going to pose a question. Who would you feel comfortable resting for the Ipswich game? Um, who like who would you would you is there anybody that you would be like I'm okay with resting them for Ipswich to play for Man United or vice for vice versa? I I think there's well we've gone around in a couple of circles there. I think one thing is to consider with Ipswich is they're playing in the Championship. the The main goal of any Championship side is to get to the Premier League. That's going to be their focus. Mm. Yeah, this is already their fourth game in the League Cup for this season, meaning that minimum they'll be playing 50 games they've also got fa cup games to play 
let's say they get through three rounds there, 53 games in a season. It, it's a very, very long season. That's it, if you don't, if you avoid getting to the playoffs as well. They're, they'll want to do well, but I think they'll make some changes as well. I'd be surprised if they put out their full strength 11 against us. Um, I'd be happy for us to rotate a fair bit in this game, and I expect we will. Um, I'd say we'll see Sasa Lukic play. I'd say we could see someone like Luke Harris get a game. Um, you know, um, I'd say Robinson could get rested. We'll see Bellatore again. There'll, mm. there'll definitely be some rotation. I wouldn't even be surprised if we saw Rodak in goal. So I, I'd expect five, maybe six, six changes. Could see Wilson get a start, seeing as he's been on the bench recently. Yeah. Um, I think we'll keep a strong core. I think Polino will probably play, but I, I expect us to take this one fairly seriously and, and try and push through. But at the same time, I think Dad might have said at the very start, these guys are a championship team. We should be beating them quite comfortably anyway. Even if we make uh, you know, quite a few rotations, we should still have the strength to, to put them to the sword. Um, but to kind of agree with, Black, White and Fred following along on the live stream here. Uh, maybe the better approach is if you believe that we're taking this fixture and this run seriously, and I think we are. I think we mm. are. Mm. Um, so we want to win this because it's it's only Ipswich, right? Um, why wouldn't you put your best side out, try and get a goal or two ahead, and then make your substitutions. You know, start with maybe start with Reed, bring Lukic on. Start with Iwobi, bring Andreas on. Start with um, oh, we'll 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 um, what's his name? Um, Vinny might still be injured, so we may not have a choice. It might be between Jimenez and and Mooney's anyway. I mean, I, I guess the point there is, is we, do we really know who our starting 11 is? Because it seems to change nope. fairly regularly. Like, you could play the team who we played against Spurs, and it's quite a bit of rotation. Oh, not, maybe not Spurs, because that's quite recent. But let's go back to, like, the Luton game. And the team is very different from the team we played um, on the weekend. So uh, I think we've got enough quality across the park to be able to make quite a few substitutions and still call it pretty close to a first team because I think we don't have like some clubs have that like real quality starting 11 who are the team who's going to start every single game we're still trying to find our identity because we there's obvious there's only a handful I think you start every game for me at least and it's Polina mm. Leno and probably Robinson and Tete but wouldn't it be that, great the board, it's pretty pretty interchangeable do you know do you know how far Tete is from coming back? I think he's still a little way off. Tete, um, who is it? Tete, Tosin, Adama are all not too far off, and Diop's about three weeks, I think you said. Oh, I really want yeah. Traore back. I really want Traore back. I feel like we could really, really use him right now. Just for like some chaos, you know. But none of these guys need- are gonna start. Yeah. You know, they they they'll they'll No, of course not, but bench at best. Yeah, but yeah. So look, to, it's... To, to summarize, Jack, I, I I'd actually start strong. Notwithstanding, we've got yeah. a game three days later. I'd start strong, and almost be committed to 
making a lot of changes fairly early in the second half, come what may. So give it your best shot, try and get ahead, and then rest those players because you definitely need your best 11 for Saturday. Yeah, look, it's it's a it's a pretty rough week for fixtures in terms of playing a Sunday game and then playing the early Saturday mm. game as well, mm. as yeah. well as having a cup game midweek. Admittedly, uh, you know, teams like Man United, they're playing um, in in Europe as well, so they do have those midweek games. But obviously, Fulham's squad isn't a Man United style squad where you've got so much talent that you can change in and out. Um, mm. Look, I, I think we all agree that Fulham will be taking this one fairly seriously and, and really pushing for a victory. Um, it, it's just a matter of what kind of changes we see from Silva. I, I do hope that um, we play a fairly full-strength side and just make a couple of little rotations purely for resting players. But again, you've got those guys on the bench to come in later. Ipswich are going to give us a good test, I think. Um, and, and look, it'll be a good game. I, I'm not sure... How many people are going to be able to watch it? I don't know what the streaming status of this game is like. Uh, these cup games are always hard to find on the random channels floating around on your Skybox or your Foxtel. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this one because I, I really do hope that Fulham go deep into this competition. And looking at the other ties, it really does look like a competition that if we get a little bit lucky in the draw, we're going to be in a semi final of a cup. Um not a complete given, but imagine if you pull Mansfield Town in the quarterfinals of the EFL Cup. Like, you just, you feel like it's your time if stuff like that happens. Um, sure. So, yeah, big, big time fingers crossed for this game. It, it should be a really good one. Hopefully, we get a good number of traveling fans to Ipswich, um, who, which I called a Midlands club and got absolutely blasted for last time around, but I stand by it. They're in the Midlands. <laughs> I agree. Um, I agree. Look, looking forward uh, to... And um, they're not. <laughs> they are absolutely. For the purpose of this podcast, they are in the Midlands. Please. Um, I, am with Jack. I am with Jack. Support well, your family. Saturday. You're we both come nowhere. Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> we, Saturday, we come up against Man United. Uh, uh, look, we, we will hopefully touch on this later in the week, but I do want to just touch on it um, tonight, just in case we don't manage to get to it. Look, Man United, as I think we all said, we did watch the Manchester Derby um, overnight. And it, it's hard to judge Man U based on that game because of the fact they're playing against City, who are such a good side. And like you said, Dad, they just make good good teams just kind of look crap. And it, it really felt like Man United. I was watching it going, geez, Man, you are terrible. And then occasionally they got the ball and I saw them go forward and went, oh, wait, no, they are actually quite good. Um, yeah. They just can't win the ball off City. And when City have it, they move the ball so slickly that it's just like, it's yeah. like men against boys. Um, but I'll go to their recent form as well because it might be a bit more interesting to talk about. Um, looking at some of their results... Um, Sammy, they did lose to Man City 3-0, got fairly battered by them really in the scheme of things. But um, apart from that, in the league at least, they've had a couple of good results, um, not so much in Europe with the loss to Galatasaray. They did beat Copenhagen, although that was a, a penalty save from Onana, I think in the last minute, might have been the last kick of the game, and Harry Maguire yeah. scoring a goal from a corner. So, good so your, your take on Man U at the moment, Sammy, because they're always... Uh, Last few years, they've been an interesting beast to try and follow. 
Yeah, I like we weirdly because I've got quite a few friends who are Man United supporters, and they, I mean, as you guys know, as an Australian fan, you take all the Premier League fans that you can get. Um, so they they kind of talk to me, and it's it's a very troubling time to be a Man United fan at the moment. Everything with Mason Greenwood, everything with Anthony, everything with um, the Glazers. It's it's and everything with Harry Maguire as well, and Jaden Sancho. They're they're really, really, really struggling with lots of internal stuff. And there are plenty of really talented players there that are essentially just trying to play football and just trying to do the best that they can. But as we all know here, when um the back room is going terrible, it all kind of uh it all kind of trickles down. And um it's it's really good to see players um genuinely, it's good to see players like Harry Maguire actually coming back around because I don't think Harry Maguire is a bad player. I think um, the circumstances of Man United, the price tag he was given, and just uh, just that club, there is so much crap that's going on. It's really hard, I think, genuinely to be a player, to play at your absolute best there. Um, so, and I feel that this season at the moment is kind of like the, or maybe the last two seasons have kind of been the combination of all of that. So for us, it's, it can, it can be a real kind of moment. I mean, I'm sure you guys remember like last time we played them when Mitrovic blew a fuse and everything went to shit before that we were playing a serious, serious game against them because I mean, a united front can really, no pun intended, a united front can really kind of steal something away from these guys. I don't take too much away from the City game because City are next level. But, I mean, if you look at all of the games that they've played against Brentford, against Sheffield, only two goals in it. Like, it's pretty close. Um, if we can really get our shit together, we c- we could create something. I mean, if you can score two goals against man united it it's really it's it's anyone's contest so i i don't see this as a write off i see this as a serious opportunity we just have to turn up and play with our best squad and be really organized but i i i could see it i could totally see it that's a very optimistic viewpoint yeah young young fella um <clears throat> You know, you made a reference to our last game in that that cup game. That I don't want to talk United. about it too much. Don't dwell. Don't dwell. Um, no, my 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 point was going to be that we are not that side. Um, you know, yeah. we we were we were firing very much up for it, and until the great implosion, um, we were playing out of our skin. Yeah, way beyond you know, our capability even that night. Um, you talk about just quietly putting a couple past Man United than parking the bus. Hmm. Not parking um, the bus, not parking the bus. <laughs> but I, 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 I added that bit, but uh, God, if you got if you got a couple past them, you would park the bus. But, you know, I, I, I just don't know where that's going to come from, quite honestly. I think one thing I, I, I think is in our favour if we can take it as a positive is that it doesn't matter how badly Man United are playing. Playing them at Old Trafford is really, really difficult. Yeah, it's really difficult. That's, that's fair. You know, it's a huge crowd, uh, very noisy. It's very intimidating. It's a cauldron. Um, 
and and them playing at the cottage is probably I mean United fans still make a lot of noise at the cottage but you know at, at, at least it's a more even playing field from our perspective um but all I can say is that this Fulham side still has that sort of essence of being very up for very big games against big clubs. We still mm. tend to turn up and do a good job, even though we're, we're not the same team as we were at our very best last year. But uh, there's still enough good players who want to put out and, 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 and sort of put on a good showing against these big teams for pride alone. So I don't know. Um, don't be thinking Man United in their, you know, disarray with their commercial problems they've got, with their personnel problems and things aren't clicking. They've still got an incredible squad, which we would cut off limbs to have. Mm. Um, and individual quality will do you, uh, even if a team of an uncohesive team uh, 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 having trouble, individual brilliance. You know, you only, only need to give Rashford half a chance and he'll score a handful of goals. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really tough fixture. Make no mistake about it. We can crow as much as we like, but it's a really difficult game. Yeah. We, we made um, a few comments saying it's it's a different side. It's actually... The the game you're talking about is not the last time we played Man United. We played them, uh, if you remember, the very end of May, yeah. 28th May. Lost 2-1. Yep. Tete scored early on and um, Sancho and Fernandez scored. If you actually look at the lineup in that game, and again, I'd say we gave them a pretty good game in that, in that game. We had Pereira out injured with his broken ankle or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Tim Ream out with his broken arm. Yeah. Um, we we had Sasalukic, Kenny, and Polina in the middle. Uh, obviously, we had Mitra up front, but we had Tosin and Diop at the cent- central defence. I actually think the team that we're going into the weekend with against Man United could potentially, minus Mitro, be as strong, if not stronger, um, with some of the new additions we've had with players like Awobi floating around. Um, obviously, having those guys who were injured available now, um, it, it it could be a decent opportunity for a victory. And if you look at the league table as well, Man U have scored 11 goals this season. Fulham have scored nine. Um, yeah. Man U have conceded 16 goals this season. Fulham have conceded 16. Like, mm. we're actually in fairly similar positions. The difference is they've won five games and lost five. We've only managed to win three and drawn three and lost four. Like, our, our actual results aren't that dissimilar at this stage of the season. They, they've just managed to do what really good teams do, which is in games like the Brighton game, they somehow managed to nick a win and pick up those few extra points. But really, this isn't a side who are scoring a huge amount of goals. If you look at Brighton, who he kept to a single goal, they've scored 23 in their 10 games this season, mm. um, more than double Man United. So it, it's it's not like we're coming up against this powerhouse who could be scoring three or four against us. They're not... They're not that team at the moment. So it, it really feels like a bit of an opportunity to take something from this game. I think as I... well, Jack, to add to your point, um, like, of course Man United can score five against us on a good day. But um, the key thing with them is at the moment especially, 
if you can get on top of them, they will drop their heads. And then that is a crazy opportunity for teams like us. Dad, you were saying? I, I, I think it's – I don't think it's realistic to simply look at the – the names on the team sheet and say, oh, you know, eight out of the 11 players that we still have played in the last game and therefore man man for man, uh, we, we we should do very well. Uh, yeah, I think what, what, what was outstanding about that, you know, team last season is just how well they performed together. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not really working. It works um, – in moments, um, not having, um, uh, you know, a, a strike force up front is a massive, massive problem because even though we, you know, no one up front for us last season scored 30 or 40 goals like a Haaland, but you could rely on Metro in a game to get a goal. You yeah, know. or at least to set something up. And mm. Yep, yep, yep. And so that's a that's a huge miss. Um, I, I think defensively we were much more reliable last season. I love Bassi, I love Castagna, but boy, we're in a bit of a pickle at the moment. You know, we're 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 trying to put makeshift back fours out, and it it is causing problems from time to time. And you look at look at that, and you you know you look at those back four players, and you don't dislike any of them, and you're not unhappy that they're in our squad. But as a unit, um, I, I think I'd prefer where we were last season as a back four, consistently, same team out every week, and you know, people clearly knowing um, who, who they're playing alongside. So it's it's it's. I think it's not as simple as looking at the personnel. There's been a lot of changes, and. Um, and and also it's not linear. You can't just say, you know, everything's great except for that one position that uh, mm. we're having a problem with because that one position, which happens to be the goal scoring position, actually counts for a lot. Obviously, no, it's all valid. It's all valid. Yeah, definitely. But I, I don't think it's a given that we're getting anything out of this game. But it definitely does feel like an opportunity to maybe pounce on some of the weaknesses that, man, you have at the moment. And, look, we, we we know we're in a bit of a rough run at the moment in terms of the fixtures we do have coming up. So we do need to look for those opportunities. And if if Silver would probably be sniffing around this Man United game, going, this is a team who are not flying high and not dominating teams like some of the other teams up the top of the table are. And, I mean, really, they're kind of in a position sitting in eighth in the league and only three points above us, where you do target a game like this as a, as a possible winnable game. So mm. I think we go into it full of confidence. And, you know, when you play against a team like Man United, we've seen it before with this Fulham team, they really do get up for those big games. So I have the faith that we'll actually go out there and try and make something happen and try and pull some points out of this one. But um, look, there's there's a long way to go until this game. We've got to get through Ipswich without any injuries and make sure that um, we get through that game unscathed. And there's a potential for a few players to return. Traore, Tosin, Tete could all be back by the time this game rolls around as well. So um, there's a lot of factors to to throw up in the air for this one. If if we if we can press Man United 
the way in which we pressed Brighton in the second half and, 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 and put Anana under pressure. I mean, I like watching him, but he's, he's clearly a bit vulnerable, isn't he? He's kind of all over the place. He's exciting. But mm-hmm. can you imagine if we pressed him uh, and their defenders as hard as we pressed in the, opening totally stages of the, in the opening stages of the second half yesterday? That could be interesting. Oh, definitely. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Um, guys, let's move on and we'll talk about the Fulham women's team who had a good win on Sunday against Dorking Wanderers, uh, a 4-0 victory. Um, goals from Rachel Panting, Sasha Adamson and Edie Bouchelle with two. Um, another really good victory for the team. Let's have a quick look at the table just to put it in some perspective. Uh, Dorking Wanderers, obviously not having the best season so far, but Again, as we've said multiple times, it's all about putting these teams away and making sure that we do get the results against them. Um, Dad and Sam, it's good to see Fulham continuing to put the pressure on Dartford, but really do need Dartford to slip up at some point, hey? Otherwise, it's uh, it's going to be a tough run-in when we have to play them later in the season. But it, it's one of those seasons, isn't it, where it, it, it's essentially two at the top just going – punch for punch and it's 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 like a bantam weight fight where <laughs> it's toe it's toe to toe and they're just swapping blows and someone has got to actually falter or look the wrong way <laughs> and just cop a blow to the side of the head that wasn't expected so you just got to keep your head down and i i as i said many times now i think these uh, this team know what the mission is and um, they're just going to keep plotting away and mm. just collecting those points. And and like you said, um, you know, if, if two plays eight, you, you you have to bury them. You you do have to make it absolutely certain. <laughs> what? Too much? Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, a little bit, but it's just the way you use that. You have to bury them. You have to kill them. <laughs> you have to kill them. You do. You have to. Yep, you have to get one and then put your foot on on their throat and finish it off. Talking like you're Julius Caesar. <laughs> is that too nah. much for women's football? No, no I love it. It's, it's the way it should be. It's just very aggressive language. It's very it's, aggressive. It's, I'm, I'm I'm sure the the lovely ladies of Fulham in the change rooms would be using very similar language when they talk about the way in which they're going to go about their business. Maybe oh, no. I'm wrong. No, I think you're right. I think you're right, but it's just it's just the level of violence. Like we've we've spoken at length about the men's game and the level of like sheer um, violence that's coming out about the women's side is it's quite entertaining. It's good. It's good. <laughs> um, I, I mean, one thing to mention there's a, there's obviously a few good things off the back of this game. Um, I'll, I'll single out Sasha Adamson first, who's had a really good season since joining. She joined from Hashtag United last year. Um, She's scoring goals, assisting as well, though, I think is the the key part to this. Um, and, you know, you, you always need a playmaker in the side. We talk about it when we're talking about um, Fulham with, with Andreas Pereira, for example. When his ability to create dries up, you really notice it because you're just not getting the same service to the strikers. It's just not clicking. Sasha has already got 10 assists this year. To go with seven goals, she's leading the league in assists. Um, she's Fulham's, I think, third equal top goal scorer at this stage with seven. Um, 
it just it, it's a brilliant signing. Hashtag United, obviously, a few leagues above us at the moment. Um, so to get Sasha down to Fulham is obviously making a massive difference just creatively. Um, and then also to to put a spotlight on Edie Bushell as well, who's only 18 years old, um, spending a lot of time coming off the bench for Fulham as well. But the fact that she's got seven goals um, from one start this season, um, she's come off the bench 10 times and picked up seven goals and got three assists yeah. to go with that as well as an 18-year-old. Mm. That's That's some serious talent there. It's all that next mm. stepping. It's all that next stepping, just warming up and just just getting that viciousness in, just doing that in the change room. It seems to work, you know? Just get them young, you know? Get them young, get them ready and hungry. <laughs> nah, it's awesome. Awesome effort. Like Looking forward to um, this Sunday's game, uh, it's a bit of a change of pace with the... Um, I'll get the name exactly right because it's a long name. The London and South East Regional Women's League Cup. So this is a, a cup competition run, obviously, within this division. There's the Premier Division and then there's Division 1 North and South. Clapton um, Community Football Club sit in the Division 1 South. Uh, sorry, Division 1 North, I believe. Um, the game is being played this Sunday at 2pm. Um, look, it's one that... Fulham will be expecting to win. Um, Clapton are s- sitting seventh in the league so far. They've actually had a pretty good season. Um, seventh in the league maybe doesn't actually justify the, the performances. They've only lost a handful of games but um, had quite a few draws in there. Um, top goal scorer Callisto with seven goals so far this season and um, one to watch as well, Maria Mendonca, three goals, two assists. Um Look, there's a lot of cup competitions for the girls throughout the year to go with the league. Um, Dad and Sam, I guess, would you expect some rotation for a game like this, knowing that the league is obviously going to be the focus because we want to get promoted? I guess we're having kind of the same conversation we were having about the the Ipswich game. Um, But how much focus do you think Fulham will be putting on this cup competition, considering we're also playing in the FA Cup and making waves in the FA Cup and having such a tough fight in the league as well. I'm still admiring the way you you glided over the first name of the Clapton uh, top goal scorer. Oletedu Callisto. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I could have pronounced it if I wanted to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure if she's listening, she won't recognise herself from that. I thought that was a pretty uh, good I hope it was close. I hope it no, was I'm not having that. Jack, you did good. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, look, they could probably afford, they, they seem to have quite a, a decent amount of squad depth. And I suspect we will see some rotation here because I think there's a, uh, I think it's a level of confidence that we could probably go out with, <clears throat> with um, a few changes and at least have some firepower on the bench and, and and make some changes in the second half if we need to. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not, I feel like you could do it either way. I mean, I feel that like you could um, uh, blood some uh, fresh, fresher players who haven't necessarily had as much time um, uh, to get on like the score sheet because I think with the way that the girls are scoring at the moment. It like 
anyone can essentially get the goals. And I mean, it's it's great for confidence to essentially share that around as much as possible. But I could totally see just justifying just keeping um, our best 11 as warm as physically possible, just giving them as much time and as much experience and just getting them as hard and seasons as physically possible um, for like the upcoming games ahead. I don't, I mean, the, like the girls are playing so strong at the moment. It could really do either. And it could both, both ways could be completely justified and I wouldn't have an issue with it. You know, uh, just remind me, Jack, um, is, is when is this game? Well, I was about to say the one thing that we, I guess, take into consideration with the Ipswich game is the fact that that's a midweek game. This game is played on Sunday, so there's no midweek games for these league for these cup games. The this is a Sunday game, so it's not like there's a there's a real need or want for rotation. We've got this game on the fifth of November, then we play Portsmouth in the FA Cup on the twelfth of November, which is also a Sunday, um, and then uh, it's the game actually at Craven Cottage after that on the nineteenth of November. Oh, so. Okay. So I take it all um, back. No rotation for me. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it actually, it's a good point to make because you don't actually have to rotate players at that point. You can no. play your, your normal starting 11 and really put a, a lot of focus on this. I guess the, the reason that you might rotate players is because they are in a league below and um, we, we should be winning this one fairly comfortably in, in a similar sort of vein to the, the Ipswich game. You feel like with the strength of our squads that we've got, we can make some of those rotations. Like maybe we do see Edie Bouchelle start a game considering she's coming off the bench and scoring so often. Maybe this is a good opportunity to give her 70-odd minutes and, and sub her off later in the game. And some of those other players who are making impacts off the bench, this could be an opportunity to actually stake a claim for a first-team spot, especially with some games coming up. And I think everyone will be wanting to really stake their claim before that Craven Cottage game because you'll be wanting to get on that pitch through sure. any way possible. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. But look, um, I'll, I'll touch on the top goal scorers. Um, Sophie Manzi currently still the top goal scorer with 13 goals. Um, Sophie's actually currently suspended after being sent off, um, which didn't get reported on anywhere that I saw, um, unfortunately. But Sophie's out for three games, so she will... Um, I believe she missed the game this weekend. She'll miss the Clapton game and the Portsmouth game, but she'll be back for the game at Craven Cottage. So I expect um, she could slide straight back into the starting lineup, but who knows, depending on how the games uh, over the next couple of weeks go. Georgia Heisman uh, with eight goals, Sasha Adamson and Edie Bouchel or both on seven goals, and then a smattering of other players chipping in with goals throughout. It's, it's again, looking really strong, the fact that we're scoring goals from everywhere. It's not just strikers, it's midfielders, it's defenders, it's wingbacks. Uh, all we need to see is one of the keepers score before the end of the season to really round out the pack. Um, so, look, guys, I think we can probably wrap it up there. It's um, been a lot to cover. We've talked through the Brighton game. We've talked through the upcoming Ipswich and Man United game and also gone over the women's uh, recent results and uh, upcoming fixtures. So, geez, uh it's it's a big one, but it's worth talking about it all because it's all good stuff. So, Sammy, thank you for staying with us. The time at you, the moment is one a.m. Is that right? Yeah, my eyes are as pink as my shirt. Um, uh, I I pink I will get. Thing, Sam. I will I will get up tomorrow. I will struggle to get up, but I will have enjoyed doing this podcast and. 
that's all from me, you know. I think we need to make a compilation of your openings to the podcast and your endings to the podcast and just put them next to each other just to see how the energy gets sapped from your body across an hour period. I mean, I I I mean, I can definitely do that. That's that's for end of season greatest hits kind of stuff, but yeah, let's let's invest. They're all they're all health anxieties as well, the, the things <laughs> that dominate dominate your mind. Yeah, my mother's got that as well. Love you, mum. <laughs> she's not listening trust me and Dan, <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight as well you're very welcome uh look forward to uh well a busy week busy week of um games three games in what six days yeah no it's a busy one and um yeah there's there's a lot to come over the next couple of days so let's um can, can you tell me what channel is it on for our australian folk is is this on Optus or is it Paramount or where do we find um, this? From memory, I think the League Cup fixtures are on Paramount. Oh, that might be the FA Cup games. Uh, uh, honestly, FA Cup, not sure. FA Cup was definitely Paramount. Yeah, um, honestly, not sure. I will definitely do a little bit of research and tweet that out when I do find out for our Australian followers. Um, but yeah, it's it's if, if look if there's an illegal stream floating around, I suggest people try and search around to find out where the game's actually going to be streamed i'm not i'm not sure um i think from memory only one league cup game got streamed last round the word um, inconvenient so, comes to mind yeah i mean living supporting a team on the other side of the world is slightly inconvenient sometimes especially when this game kicks off at 3:45 a.m local time for us so um, yeah, look, I, I will look into that and find out what channel that game will be on. Um, and look, I, I'm also really hopeful that um, the Fulham versus Arsenal game for the ladies is going to be um, streamed by Fulham at least in some capacity because I think that's one that I, I really hope we can watch and, um, yeah, hopefully we can push for that to be streamed uh, so we can watch that one live because I think that that would be such a great game to watch. Yeah, but look, thanks again, guys, for joining me tonight. Um, a really interesting chat going through a lot of stuff. And, um, uh, yeah, a few big days for the club coming up. So um, looking forward to catching up when we've got a few results in the bag, hopefully into the next round of the Cup and maybe a decent result against Man United as well. But until then, come on, you whites.